Reddit did to do and welcome into more important issues. It is Wednesday, April 29th. April's coming to a close with some rain, of course. We couldn't make it out of this month that easy. No. Everything's starting to kind of like look up. We've had a good time. We've gotten a... We, so we've had several ways to like break through with uh, sports lately. We had the draft. Mm-hmm. The last dance is on. We'll actually talk about the last dance today, too. Because we really haven't, officially. I think we've like briefly discussed it. Yeah. But we haven't like officially gone over it. Yep. Uh, so we'll talk about that. And then, obviously, Moose, Tennessee... Derek Ansley, Jeremy Pruitt, who else am I leaving out? T. Martin, T. Martin Joe Osvet. I mean, we could do the whole freaking staff. Yeah, recruiting their tails off. Um, someone's going to steal this idea, but I, if it happens and it goes, it blows up, it's fine. But I'm thinking a picture of a moose with either all of the recruits that have committed lately riding its back or the coaching staff. Or what back. if what if they're on the actual uh, – Yeah, everyone's sitting on the, on on the, the rack. The, that would be great. Somebody make that happen. I don't have the uh, artistic ability to do it. If you want to do it for me and and then allow me to tweet that out, that would be even better. Um, yeah, you're probably not getting off that easy. Just, no, like, probably, just probably, like the month of May, you're not getting off that easy. I'm probably not. Uh, before we jump into the entire show, I do want to mention some good news uh, because <clears throat> I don't know if we'll have time to talk about it. Daniel Batuli got signed by uh, the L.A. Rams. I almost messed up. L.A. Chargers, L.A. Rams, L.A. Raiders, L.A. whatever. St. Louis Rams. St. Louis Rams. <laughs> so many different team names now. Uh, but he was he was signed um, as an undrafted free agent, I guess, after all the medical stuff cleared. So good for him. It's big time. Yeah. Um, but we do appreciate you guys jumping in. We are going to have a great show. We are talking about the hat trick has been complete. And from everything I can tell, uh, it looks like Brian Niedemeyer is going for his second hat trick. He wants That's it. That's what it looks like. I like so, it. So I think we were right. We were on the good end of him not knowing what a hat trick was. It was, uh, I think he thinks it's more than three. So we're, we're good. We're in good standing. Too. I think it's it's. I think Tennessee definitely invested in Zoom, like that. Yeah, that's for sure. And we're going to talk about that too, as we we're about to jump into the show. We're talking about uh, the hat trick that we completed, and then we're going to have Matt Ray of Ball Recruiting Reports on uh, to talk. I, I'm sure he has some updates for us and what Tennessee and how Tennessee is adapting. Yeah, so I'm excited to do that. We're doing the '98 rewatch. It's a U. It's just UAB homecoming, but. Uh, a fairly interesting game. At least Tennessee scored a lot of points. Yep. If you're not going to play an interesting opponent, just uh, make sure you go score a lot of points, and you'll, you'll keep us in there. Uh, then we're also going to talk about the last dance, and then we've got some segments for you guys, some exciting segments um, that I am ready to get into. Landon's going to tell us about a great giveaway that you guys have a chance to enter. Everybody's yeah. got a chance to win. So we have a $25 gift certificate to Hound Dogs giveaway. Um, we'll tell you at the end of the show how you can redeem that. Um, but you have a week to redeem it. So if we call your name, you have a week. Um, so just stay tuned for that. Um, go check out our, they, they go and create an account, um, create a profile on volunteerroadshow.com. Um, you, that'll give you all our free content. Um, it'll give you access to our shows and, and different stuff like that. So go sign up for that. That'll enter you into the drawing each episode for the $25 gift certificate. Um, so go check out our sponsors at Hound Dogs, Tennessee Tap House, Bet Now, and Commercial Bank. I actually want to tell you guys about Commercial Bank. Commercial Bank is your neighborhood bank, and they're a leading financial institution with the services, capabilities, and resources of regional and national banks. Whether it's purchasing a home, saving for your child's future, or planning your next vacation, Commercial Bank is with you every step of the way to navigate life's big decisions. Life made better. Visit cbtn.com to learn more and find a branch near you. 
Guys, go check out the official bank of more important issues, Commercial Bank. Do it. Any financial needs, they'll get you taken care of. You you good? Can I? Am I free? Am I free to go? I think we we need to tell them what they need to do with the show right now. Yes. And then like it. Re, if you're on Facebook, like it, share it. If you're on Twitter, like it, retweet it. Follow us. Follow Volunteer Roadshow on Facebook. Like our page. More important issues. Like Volunteer Roadshow. Um, yeah, I see some super likes rolling in. Keep hitting those. I don't know who that is. Keep keep doing that. Uh, YouTube, like, subscribe, share this, guys. We appreciate you guys hopping on. We're excited to talk about Tennessee's currently ranked. I need to mention currently ranked because I think it could move up maybe tomorrow. We'll see. Move number five in the nation mm. recruiting class so far. Uh, number two in the SEC. I know it's early. I realize it's early, um, but we're still going to celebrate that, especially because of the commitments recently uh, that started with defensive end Dylan Brooks, um, then uh, second uh, corner Kamar Wilcoxon got in on the action. And the official hat trick, I guess, because that, that was what was mentioned, so I'm going to call it the official hat trick, was concluded with uh, the four-star commitment from uh, uh, Georgia, Julian Nixon, wide receiver. Yeah, big wide receiver. Big wide receiver. <clears throat> goes up, he uses his size too. Yeah. Well, uh, six four two twenty. Um, he's listed at six three two thirty, but I think he's actually six four two twenty. Um, so that's, I mean, that's a frame, right? I mean, that's a frame of a freaking truck. I hate to get away from you know Julian Nixon specifically, but and we're gonna get Matt Ray's thoughts. I want to get your thoughts on it. How do you think Tennessee's like? Is it just player players buying in and recruiting too? Why is it happening? Not only like in this social distancing period where they can't go and recruit like normal, mm-hmm. um, it's happening at a rapid pace, like more rapid than it normally would happen. And we've completely changed how we've had to do things, obviously. Yeah, I think a lot of it comes down to just ten- the the guys Tennessee has on staff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you got some young stars with Derek Ansley, Niedermeyer, Shelton Felton. You know, those guys can relate to these recruits. And I, I also feel like recruiting is contagious. Um, right. So you get that first one locked down. You get guys that want to play with each other. It just it, it turns into like a, a snowball effect. Right. Um, so that, I, I kind of think that's where Tennessee's at now. I think that we needed some momentum in recruiting, and we got a whole lot of it here recently. Yeah. Somehow, somehow it picked up steam. Yeah. Um, excited to excited to talk about how exactly, or at least insight, I guess, into how we did that, um, and how we how Tennessee continues to do that. It's definitely. If we can somehow top, which I don't know, how, how far do we move if we get a four-star commitment tomorrow or this week? How far up do you see us moving? Um, I, I see us, if we if we lock down who everybody's kind of hinting at, at who we're getting, and that's five-star outside linebacker Terrence Lewis, um, that can move us into the top You could seriously. I was about to say, you could seriously be looking at the top three. Uh, I think you definitely just, jump Clemson. I was about to say, maybe just jump one spot, and, and that's still... And what sucks is, like, not only do recruiting rankings not matter in the grand scheme of things, um, but, I mean, it's only April, May. Yeah. And so it's like, you got to, of course, lock these guys down. Seems like uh, you've got a lot of the 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 guys in this class, so it sounds like they're not going anywhere. Yeah. Now, still want to see, not only ink to paper, nowadays I want to see them on campus before right. I even... Uh, count them in, but regardless, especially right now with every, we just we're craving anything. This is a big deal. 
Especially, it's a big deal any year, but it's a really big deal this year because of how it's happened and that we're craving just any kind of football. I know this isn't playing football, but at least yeah, it's I mean, it, it gives it gives us something to talk about. And and Tennessee was able to jump from you know I think we mentioned it on the last show how much we were able to jump with just those two commitments. We went from number seventeen to the number five recruiting class in less than forty eight hours. Right, and I, I don't think it's just the fans that it's creating stuff to talk about, but also other recruits. Yeah, and then our players too, but we're really the only program being talked about right now. Yeah, we. I mean, we have all the momentum, just like Ohio State had it. Like, I think it was last month. They just kept mm. getting recruit after recruit. I mean, they have seventeen right now. Right. Um. So catching them is going to be tough, but you know, you could definitely see yourself right up there with North Carolina at the number two spot. Yeah, it's um, going to be exciting to see because you're you're trending with. A bunch of blue chippers like Terrence Lewis, like we mentioned, Cody Brown, the four-star running back out of Parkview um, in Lilburn, Georgia. Um, then Caden Salter is supposed to announce his commitment um, on May 10th. Um, it's between us and, and Auburn. And, and did he get a crystal ball for us recently? Yeah, he's got a couple. Okay. Um, I think he's like 80% Tennessee right now, so gotcha. eight. Um I think he has eight crystal balls in Tennessee right now. So yeah, four star quarterback, four star running back, and then a four star or a five star outside linebacker. That's going to move you well into right there with North Carolina. If, right, probably past them. So you probably have if, the you, if you get all three of those, you're moving past. Yeah, them, you, you sure. probably have the number two recruiting class in the country. Right, that's big time. That's yeah. big time. Obviously, like I said, it's unfortunate that it doesn't mean a whole lot, but you got to get those guys on the campus first. You got to have those guys in your program. Uh, I think a lot of people try to act like recruiting rankings aren't a big deal because it obviously doesn't directly correlate mm-hmm. to on-field production. But it's a big deal, and it plays a part in it. And if you want to be there, you have to do it here first. Yep. So. Yeah, I, I just think it's it's huge. Um, just the – we had a, a, you know, a couple three stars in here, one four-star, um, and now we're adding all this top talent in here with some underrated guys. I think that's that's exactly what this class needed. Yep. And in the right areas too. We're getting some some uh, we're we're getting some high need area. Not only like you need a lot of talent in those areas, but also we just need some guys on our roster currently. Uh, Kevin Stokes asked, "What are y'all gonna do with all the QBs?" No clue. Make Good it question. work. We'll make it work. You maybe maybe having a lot of work to do. If I mean it, maybe because it's slow. But I feel like JT Daniels it's slowed down since the recruits started rolling in. But right there, you kind of start. Okay, maybe they are talking. Maybe Tennessee and JT Daniels are talking. Yeah, um, it's possible. So you could add another QB uh, to the to the twenty twenty roster, which would just make it. I imagine you see someone leave before that. Maybe two people leave before that becomes the case. Mm-hmm. Um, but you never know. Kind of seems like guys like maybe at the bottom of that uh, depth chart, like Brian Maurer, seems like he really wants to be here. Yeah, I think with all, with all this talent. Um... You know, the, the best player is going to play. You you need a starter and a backup quarterback. Yeah. Anybody other than that is probably, probably on the verge of leaving. Yeah, especially with how the rules are nowadays. So, yep. Then that could be that, – that's something we talk about as we talk about recruiting classes too. Um, I feel like nowadays when you look at, you know, in February after you see the 25 guys or so that you get, you're probably looking at a few and trying to find out which ones potentially won't be a part of your program next this time next year because – um, they didn't win a starting job, didn't get the playing time they liked, maybe didn't like the position they were playing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but now when you're able to kind of review what um, 
where you're at and move on within such a short amount of time. It, it's something I think you consider with recruiting classes as you recruit them. So, yeah, I, I, recruiting at this level, like the best player is going to play. And if, you know, some guy, a three or four star wants to leave, that's right. I it feel is like that what it is. That, that's part of life. Right. I feel like that didn't used to happen, but it's definitely become more prevalent. Now, yeah. So, um, we had Andrew Frizzle ask, what do we think about JT Daniels? And Scott Conhorn said, do we definitely redshirt Harrison Bailey? I would say definitely redshirt. I don't, I don't think you could put that. If you had a quarterback maybe with more – because even if JT Daniels come in, comes in, he's not like a solidified starter by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, he hasn't proven that in his past in his last stop and obviously hasn't proven it here yet. So I don't think you should say definitely redshirt Harrison Bailey. I think if JT Daniels comes, it's probably more likely, I guess. Yeah. But again, and it, what and do you really have on him? Right. I feel like he's probably level playing ground with Harrison, so I don't even know if it's more likely. Mm-hmm. He does have experience, but he also has, you know, he had a season-ending injury. Yeah. Um, so you got to look out for that as well. I, I do think – Hadn't played since then either. So it's like right. he's come back from it and – or been healthy yeah, since then and not since. played in a game. Right. And you talked about, like, how it didn't used to be like that. It didn't used to be where freshmen actually played. But with this staff, it's proven that – they do not care if you're a freshman. If you're right. the best one to play, you're going to play. Oh, um, so, yeah, Harrison Bailey, I don't think that's a lock to be a red shirt. I mean, if he if he doesn't win the job, I guess you do that. Right. Um, but I, I think he will have every, every opportunity to win that job. I think so. Yep, I agree. Uh, I, will, I, will, I would say he he definitely won't be red shirted day one. No. no. <laughs> Maybe it gets down the line and it's like, all right, he hasn't played, let's – not Richard. using the last four games in garbage time. Let's, so that is a good news too. Now he can play four games. So, dude, when is in four games? When is so going back to recruiting? When is Auburn gonna get just so fed up with Tennessee? Do you think it's just because Jeremy Pruitt is just like he's always hated Auburn because he was an Alabama guy and just like just wants to destroy them in recruiting? I mean, if they they had to kind of see some kind of engines coming after the Jay Hardy thing. Yeah, so, just, so you think it's all Jay Hardy. It's not just because Pruitt hated Auburn. Oh, you no, think it's Pruitt, a little bit of both. Pruitt definitely hates Auburn. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, Auburn had to know that their time was coming after. Because oh, yeah. it wasn't just Jay Hardy. Jay Hardy uh, participated, or Auburn participated in that whole, like, messing with Tennessee deal. Right. Like, that was obviously, Auburn had to play a small part in that. I'm yep. not saying they directed it and orchestrated it, but they had to play a small part in it. Yeah, they knew he had signed right. and didn't mention it to Tennessee. And not only could, were they messing with Tennessee, essentially, they also could have cost UT violations, recruiting violations. Yeah. So, get you some of that, Auburn. So we're, I mean, we stole, we took Julian Nixon, um, Dylan Brooks, Cody Brown. It, it looks like it's between Tennessee and Auburn, and then Caden Salter is between Tennessee and Auburn. Wow, so I mean that's a lot of that's a lot of head-to-head recruiting in the last two years, and just I mean twaxing that. Yeah, <laughs> is it like overall are we winning that competition? You'd say over the last, I mean this year we are obviously. Yeah, I would say this year. I mean but last year I guess they probably got the upper hand. I mean they they got Jay Hardy. I, I can't really remember. Yeah, I don't who. know who's head-to-head, but I feel like a lot of guys have Auburn and Tennessee like in their top two or three mm-hmm. this year that it's come down to. Whereas that hadn't been the case the last couple of years. Right. Which also should tell us we're at least competing with one division mm-hmm. opponent or one yeah. uh, SEC opponent. So obviously we're competing with more with some of the guys we've gotten of late, but you know, but I mean, j- just think like Pruitt's first year, they go down and beat Auburn at Auburn. 
Like, he just doesn't – no. He doesn't lose to Auburn. He definitely doesn't like Auburn. Uh, he was an Alabama guy. Now he's a Tennessee guy. Neither of those fan bases are big Auburn fans. Tennessee fan base, at least, I feel like they used, we used to not like Auburn a lot more a while ago. Now it's – we don't see him as often. I'd say it's down yeah. back just a hair. I think mean, the Jay Hardy thing definitely brought up oh, some it, animosity. There. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We we definitely are not going to uh, – we're not going to forget that anytime soon. No. That's for sure. Um, but, yeah, I, I just think where we're at right now with recruiting, I think to compete with the, the – the blue bloods, if you will, in football like Ohio State, um, Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, you got to win some recruiting battles, and, and Tennessee's doing that right now. That, that I feel like that's the first step in um, competing with them on the field is get the guys in here to compete with them on the field. Right. Right. Um, so we're doing that. Um, dude, Terrence Lewis, 6'1", 200. He's in Hollywood, Florida. And, like, the three teams – are within his recruitment are, are Tennessee, Nebraska, and Texas A&M. So it's not any Florida teams. Yeah. Very far I saw, away. I saw where he said in an Instagram Q&A that if he had to choose today, it'd be Tennessee or Nebraska. It's like, that seems like a strange. Yeah. Who would want to go to Nebraska? Jesus. Easy. We haven't got him yet. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I wouldn't want to go to Nebraska. It's freaking cold. Most, most sellouts of all time, right? Or most consecutive sellouts? There you go. I think that's what it is. I think it's the record they hold. That's cute. Don't they get like ninety thousand every spring game? And like, to, isn't that their like big tradition? Getting ninety thousand for a spring game. Nice. <laughs> Congrats on that. I think I, I, I seriously think that's like one of their like true. I guess I don't know a tradition because they did they did they were one of the teams that did the uh, virtual spring game. Mm. I was like, wow, no one wants to watch a spring game now. And then of course no one wants wants to watch a virtual spring game. As you claim what you can claim, I guess. Yeah. They also have twelve outside linebackers on the roster. Good lord. <laughs> Who is it that had 10 tight ends? The Bears. They can just play each other, I guess, week to, every week. Yeah. It'd be a good matchup. <laughs> they can just do, like, Oklahoma drills every single – just line up. Yeah. The uh, YouTube's, YouTube chat's making fun of Nebraska. Fair. <laughs> um, yeah, pretty much corn is all they have. That's absolutely right. Yeah. Um, and, I think and that's – Scott Frost was, like, their savior and hadn't really done much. Yeah, that's got to really suck to step into that role and not do incredibly well i think he's got a chance still at least yeah i mean with ohio state being the way they they are i just don't see them really surpassing them anytime soon right right bobby said to make sure the facebook viewers are still are chatting i, I think we have a lot of georgia fans in the youtube chat so he's asking for some backup go get it there um anything else for recruiting well we, we're about to talk a lot more about recruiting but anything else you want to add before we get matt ray on um i, I just think I love it when people say we're cheating because, like, that's oh, that's yeah. when you know you made it. First off, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Right. Um, I mean, I'm not saying we're not. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. I mean, I'm not willing. To, I'm not willing to say that either. But, um, I mean, yeah, you always if you if people aren't accusing you of cheating, you're probably not doing that good. So, mm-hmm. be back. I don't know. Yeah, we'll. Uh, you know, I, I always appreciate getting accused of cheating. So yeah. that's very important. Also, Derek Ansley and T. Martin are they've brought in all of our commits so far, those two guys. Really? Yeah, so Derek Ansley is the number four rated recruiter in the country, and then T. Martin is the number nine. I think T. Martin has five commits and Derek Ansley has eight. Dang. So all thirteen are from those two guys right now. Now if 
Niedermeyer locks down his five-star like he dropped his little Easter egg today. Um, or, or dropped the mic. Terrence Lewis, that's that's all him. That's all yeah. Brian Niedermeyer. Well, and, and he's talked about the relationship that him and Niedermeyer have had to uh, he said when Tennessee was kind of, I guess, fallen out of that top group, mm-hmm. Niedermeyer stayed in contact with him and um, just because, and that helped that relationship a lot. And then he said Tennessee's kind of, I guess since the recruiting kind of shut down a little bit, Tennessee's yeah. been the front runner. I, I think when, um, when all this kind of happened, we mentioned on the show that I, we didn't think Tennessee was going to struggle so much recruiting during this because there's so many guys that – um, have good relationships with with recruits and stuff. Yeah, there are staff. Lot, there are a lot of guys on the staff that do a good job of building those relationships. Niedermeyer is obviously one of those guys. Yep. With I mean, Terrence like Lewis. he he went to to church with Henry Toto. <laughs> I didn't. I don't know if I heard that story. That's good. So he, he talked about it on the slice. Um, oh, you did? Okay, yeah. I didn't listen to Toto's full. I haven't listened full to Trey Smith. Slice. Did you listen to Trey's? Uh, I've listened to a lot of both Toto and Trey's. I've only listened to probably half of each. Mm-hmm. But the slice is good. If you haven't listened to the slice, we're actually going to talk about it more a little bit later. Um, the slice though is a podcast put on by Tennessee football produced by Tennessee football. Um, and it's going to have, it's essentially just like a prayer player profile. Um, but longer, uh, you're getting a look into kind of their lives and their, what their goals and, um, I guess dreams are too. And, uh, why they came to Tennessee and why they, I guess every day choose Tennessee. So, yeah. Um, it's really good so far. Uh, again, I haven't listened to the entire uh, Toto one, but the the bit I did listen to was was really good. And um, Trey Smith's the same. Uh, anything Trey Smith's part of, I'm gonna tell you right now, is gonna be good. So yeah, and I know the, he seems to be the man. Our jumbo, we're gonna talk about this in a little bit, but our jumbotron is actually who we'd want to see next. Well, I guess. Also, I didn't tell you past, like past, present. I guess even some future. I don't know if you use those liberties where did you stay in the present like guys on the roster i I stuck with guys either on the roster or just left due to the draft or something fair fair yeah i didn't i didn't tell you i was just curious where you'd go okay so that's good it's good with me were Uh, you did you watch um so i'm i have up cody brown right now do you did you watch um harrison bailey's senior season in the semifinals who they played i saw i mean I know what you're referring to. I know the game you're speaking of. I mm-hmm. didn't watch the full game. I've seen gotcha. highlights from the game. Okay. I mean, the kid's dominant. And and you and look he, at... He played for the team that... Part of you, that, yes. That Harrison made it played. Yeah, and they had the checkerboard end zones. Yeah, orange, orange and, white. and white checkerboard end zones. And he was wearing Tennessee gloves. Yeah. So, maybe hint, hint. Maybe. 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 He did um, lose, though. Yeah. He, he did rush for 200 <laughs> yards on guys that all over that Marietta team were committed to... Power five programs, right? Too, so, right. I don't know. We'll see. We look good, dude. May this find is, out. This is things are happening on Rocky Top, right? Make them, make them pushes. Yeah, make them pushes. You ready to get Matt ready real quick? Yeah. All right, nice. we're gonna run to a real quick break. We're gonna have Matt on the other side. We'll be right back. Stick with us, um, and you're gonna get to hear um, a lot more of uh, Matt's thoughts on recruiting and what he knows as well. He knows a lot, so you want to stick around. Yeah.
We welcome onto the show Matt Ray with Volunteer Recruiting Reports. Um, Matt, how's it going, man? Um, you guys had some good news here recently um, with recruiting and also with your um, with your network. So, so tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so um, we actually moved over onto the Sports Illustrated Network, part of the Sports Illustrated family now, um, running a. Uh, a website called volunteer country for them it will soon become vr2 on sports illustrated um but that's kind of where we're at for the time being just getting our feet wet in the network and and continuing to work all different angles while sports are kind of at a halt well that's awesome well i I will definitely send you a picture of me uh looking at a magazine in food city um with your face on it someday soon Absolutely, man. I look forward to that. <laughs> um, so let, let's get started. You know, Tennessee comes into today finishing off the hat trick yesterday. So before we get into to the uh, recruits that we got or, or the commits we got, what do you think got this ball rolling? You know, what started this momentum for Tennessee? I mean, really, you know, you don't want to put it on the virus shutdown, but – so that that gave the staff a chance to come in and really say, okay, this is who our top targets is, top targets are. You know, you had Jimmy Brumball and Jay Graham come in. Brian Niegermeyer moved over to the linebacker position, and that puts him in a spot where he can be a heavy hitter even more so than he was as a tight ends coach. He can go all over the defense at that point. Um, but really, they had a chance to identify some of their top targets, and a lot of those guys were identified already, but. They were able to hone in on those guys and start selling these unique pitches, and and they've made really strong pushes. And, you know, you're talking about some guys who a couple of months ago that Tennessee was maybe running fourth or fifth for. And during this shutdown, they have put all of their efforts into recruiting. And it's, it's starting to pay off. You know, Dylan Brooks was the catalyst, but, you know, that trio, they planned that out the way that they did. They're they're very close. They wanted to go one, two, three, and each have their day and get in this class and get going. So it's uh, there's a lot of momentum behind Tennessee right now. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's given us something to talk about. Um, so let's let's get into to this um, hat trick. Um, so you started off with Dylan Brooks, the five-star defensive end um, out of Alabama. What is Tennessee getting with a guy like Dylan Brooks? You're going to guy that's, you know, still a little bit raw, but is a freak athlete, just an explosive first step, and just the way he bends around the around offensive tackles at six foot five, two hundred twenty five pounds, just it, he's virtually unblockable when he wants to be. He has a nice combo of strength and speed, and you know, plays in pretty good competition in Alabama and lines up out wide at at wide receiver and runs past cornerbacks that have offers. You know, so this is a this is a guy who is just overall an athlete, but a guy that you're used to seeing in Jeremy Pruitt defense is long, can disrupt passing lanes, and just play in space and do it comfortably. I mean, at one point last season, I was talking to Brooks in Tennessee, he even talked about playing him at a middle linebacker position in, in certain sub-packages. That's how versatile he is and how how much range he has. So you're talking about a prospect with tremendous upside and a guy that's not even close to his ceiling yet. That's awesome. Um, so the next one was Kamar Wilcoxon, the four-star DB out of, I guess he's from Atlanta, but now he's going to attend IMG Academy for his senior year. What's Tennessee getting with him? 
when you look at Wilcox, you got a guy who's been recruited as an athlete over the course of his um, national recruiting days, if you will. Holds 53 offers, and shortly after he decommitted from Florida, we caught up and we talked about his top eight that he put out almost immediately. And he put that top eight out because he had to get some of the teams out of the picture for him. 48 of the 53 schools that had offered him were in contact within 48 hours of him decommitting. So he's a, he's a long kind of rangy DV. He can play safety. He can play corner. He's going to get his first look at corner at Tennessee. And that's really what helped the Vols the most with him is some schools were pitching him on being a safety. Some schools were pitching him on playing, you know, corner safety, maybe even, you know, working in some wide receiver as he has a little bit of a background there. But Tennessee sold him on being a corner. He's always been high on uh, Derek Ansley, was high on Jeremy Pruitt before Derek Ansley got there. But when Ansley got there, Tennessee really moved the needle even when he was committed to Florida. So you're talking about a guy who can play all over the field, has a lot of upside, still has a lot of room to grow and improve his technique could play in at the nickel if he needed to. So it's a guy who can play all over the secondary and another really good DB addition that is just, again, and I, and I say this again, but these are the recruits that Jeremy Pruitt and Derek Ansley are used to coaching, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, you're talking about guys who have the Alabamas and the LSUs and the Georgias pursuing them. They're, they're winning big boy battles right now. Yeah. Love to win those battles against those kind of programs. Um, and you mentioned um, Derek Ansley and Jeremy Pruitt. They definitely love their versatile defenders, um, guys that can play different positions. That leads us into our last one who, to finish off the hat trick was Julian Nixon. And what's Tennessee getting in him, and what position does he play at Tennessee? He's a jumbo athlete. I mean, in my opinion, you're talking about a guy who plays wildcat quarterback at his high school, Lines up out wide, can stretch the field vertically. Okay if he hitches up and, and catches this little screen pass, able to run through defenders. Tennessee thinks they can use him underneath like Jawan Jennings and play him in that slot. I kind of expect him to play in the slot and play a little bit more of like an H-back role, maybe flex down to tight ends in certain situations. If he stays at that 225, 230 mark, if Tennessee wants to slim him down and try to put a little speed on him, then – He's a he's a still he's still going to be a big frame receiver. You're talking about a kid in high school that's you know already ran a laser time faster than Jawan and is a little bit bigger. So you know maybe they do use him in that slot and use him solely as a receiver. But I think it kind of depends on how the targets uh, at the tight end position, which is a key position for the Vols in this cycle, and they're swinging at some big names. And we'll see what kind of traction they're able to pick up there. But that's a spot they don't have a commitment. So you could see Nixon flip down into that spot if needed, especially with his size and the receivers that are already on the roster. Tennessee's definitely going to continue to use guys uh, pretty much any way they can get talent on the field. Just the, Absolutely. the, the biggest and fastest guys. We've got Matt Ray of Volunteer Recruiting Reports on right now talking about the hat trick. I do want to turn a little – how has Tennessee been able to out-recruit the competition with everything going on right now? You – they're not able to go in home with guys. Um, I imagine the contact's been difficult. How, how have they adapted? Yeah, I mean, I think I think you consistently hear that Tennessee's one of the schools that has adapted the most. They a, a lot of schools are are doing unique things, but you can only be you know so unique. You can only do so many Zoom calls, so many Facetime calls. But 
Um, you know, Tennessee's been able to show guys the academic side of things. They've been able to answer questions. They've been able to show so much more that they could still show on campus through those calls. And I think it's just been a detail-oriented process. I think it's been a commitment from those guys to have their information laid out and say, you know what, we can't get better on the practice field right now. We don't have a lot of control over anything else. We have to control recruiting. And you're talking about going into Jeremy Pruitt's third year. And when you look at college head coaches, especially in the SEC, year three is a big year. Not make or break for Jeremy Pruitt by any means, but it's a big year and a big year on the recruiting trail. Your program is at a at a pivotal spot where you can sell a lot of things or you're catching a lot of negative light, depending on how you did coming out of year two. And Tennessee's got one of the longest winning streaks in the nation right now. I mean, they, ha- they have some stuff to sell. They have a, a youthful, energetic coaching staff, some guys that – and I talked about this recently on another podcast with uh, Rocky Top Insider. Jimmy Brumball, Shelton Felton, and Joe Osave d- – it, this this isn't the biggest job for Brumball, but it, it's probably right there at least. But this is their cha- their first chance to recruit at a high level, and I think every one of those guys are up to the challenge. They know the demands that Jeremy Pruitt has, and it, you're just seeing it. You're seeing that stuff pay off. Yeah, and you know Tennessee. We were talking about before we got you on. We were talking about maybe who's next. Um, you know, you saw Niedermeyer kind of drop a little Easter egg that somebody else is coming. Is it Terrence Lewis, Cody Brown, Caden Salter? You know, those are the three kind of trending toward Tennessee. So, you know, maybe you can talk about those guys, but who, who are some other blue chippers that Tennessee's kind of going after right now? Yeah, so, I mean, you all those guys you've mentioned, Tennessee does definitely have traction there um, and, and are battling. You know, there's still a ways to go in several of those races but you know Tennessee's battling for Smale Munden out of Paulden County they're obviously still in the race for Peyton Page and and probably Javari Ritzy and Junior Colson are two of the other guys that are getting the most attention Tennessee's in a heavy battle with Michigan and many believe right now that Michigan is the team to beat and you know if I was picking today I would probably go with Michigan because Colson's family is does have some Michigan background. They they love the school. They know a lot about the school. They like the academics there. Talking with Junior, he he's very engaged in academics with both schools. And and right now those are kind of his finalists headed into a May decision. But Tennessee's nowhere close to done in this when they are not going away. And then Ritzy, he's he's that guy. He's that blue chipper in in North Carolina to go along with Paige that they really want to add to this class and and kick that pipeline back open. And Tennessee's got a big battle there, and it's it's really Tennessee, North Carolina, and Georgia, and that one, in my opinion. But the Vols have done a nice job and and continue to work there. And then, you know, talking about the other three guys, I guess you asked me about Lewis first. He's definitely a guy. Um, I, I ran an interview with him this morning, and and credit Brian Niedermeyer. Um, he has done an excellent job of building that relationship dating back to last summer. And now he's coaching the linebacker position, so you know that that's helping Tennessee, and they're they're trying their best to make headway in that battle and and go head to head with Texas A and M and Nebraska, who have been viewed as the leaders for some time in that one. Yeah, and you mentioned Junior Colson, which is an in-state guy out of Ravenwood. Um, it would definitely suck to lose him to Michigan, especially 
Um, you know, Tennessee fans are still not over the Charles Woodson, Peyton Manning, Heisman race. Um, so that, that would kind of suck, but going to some, some in-state prospects, you know, it, it seems like this in-state crop is a little bit weaker than, than last year. Um, but who's Tennessee kind of going after or, or who is maybe committed to other places that Tennessee might get back in, um, later on when all this is over. You know, obviously, like we just mentioned, Colson and then Hudson Wolf's another guy. Tennessee has to fill at least one spot at tight end, and they really need to fill two, and, and that's what everybody thinks that they will take. But Wolf's, Wolf is a priority there, and Tennessee's battling hard between Ole Miss and Alabama, who are both pulling on him. So we'll see. Every every one of those schools are pretty close to home for him. So, you know, the, the shutdown isn't, isn't really affecting him that much because all of his finals are – in a pretty central location for him. But, you know, Tennessee's not going to go away there. Um, Dietrich Pennington, um, just a versatile offensive lineman out in Cordova. He's another guy that Tennessee is battling in this class. He's a guy that Tennessee could use a guard or tackle, depending on how the class plays out. But he's athletic enough to play both, and some people believe he could play on the defensive side of the ball if they needed him to. Um, you know, outside of that, it's not the strongest in-state crop. I mean, you're not hearing a lot of guys, um, a lot of the higher-rated guys that Tennessee has a whole lot of interest in. There's some communication back and forth with Trey Curry, but Tennessee doesn't appear to be pushing as hard there. Uh, the two kids out of Pearl Cone, and that's a school that Tennessee has gone to and got Elijah Simmons out of. They like both of those guys. They like Kendrick Breedlove as a nickel corner and an athlete, and they like William Griffin to be able to play more than likely a guard in my opinion, but right tackle or right guard. And he's another guy that could flip down and play the nose. So just, you know, some guys at positions of need, but Tennessee, they're not as involved with the in-state crop right now. And they're recruiting at a high rate in the states around them. So, you know, we'll see if they have to get more involved. They had to get more involved last year. They didn't, they didn't have Brian, they didn't have um, Brian Niedermeyer winning some of those battles that, we're accustomed to and that's to no fault of his own they kind of face planted coming out of the gates but you know Tennessee's back this year on the recruiting trail hard and they're hitting on some of their top targets nationally so that does hurt you with the in-state stock but we'll see if they have to come back around and circle back to any guys yeah so you mentioned the in-state crop and some positions of need what do you think is the biggest positions of need um, going forward Oh man, that's tough. I, I would probably say that you, I mean, you don't have an offensive lineman committed yet. So you have to fill some positions there. You have obviously Brandon Kennedy leaving. Um, after his senior season, Trey Smith will be gone. Always a chance that if Cade Mays gets eligible, and it appears that he will if the NCAA approves the, the transfer rule for 2020, which many expect them to. There's always a chance he could be a draft pick and leave. So Tennessee's got to revamp the offensive line again with more quality depth. And I think for me that's probably the biggest position, but they have to find some versatile defensive linemen. And they, they're battling at that position. They Like I said, they have Peyton Page. Tyrion Ingram Dawkins is another guy that they really covet. So they're, they're, they still have a little ways to go there, but I would put, I would put the trenches as probably my, my biggest position of need, followed by tight end. We definitely need to recruit offensive linemen. We've we've learned that hard lesson from uh, 2011, I guess, was the year. 
Um, that, Is that the dude who wore the orange pants? It was. We, <laughs> we did not recruit well. Didn't recruit any offensive linemen, let alone recruit well. Uh so what what does recruiting look like moving forward um, with obviously the pandemic going on around us? Camps won't be as prevalent. Um, how are coaches going to go out and effectively start recruiting this summer um, and then for the 2022 class, but then also continue recruiting effectively in the 21 class? Well, you know, I mean, Tennessee's done a pretty good job of identifying targets all the way down to the 2023 class during this lockdown. And, you know, I, I have to think that whenever the time comes and, you know, hopefully it's this summer for everybody's sake, um, I, I imagine that that dead period will be waived. There will be extra evaluation time, you know, and, and that's going to get unique in itself because there's going to be schools that aren't having practices and whatnot. So how, how are coaches going to be able to evaluate? But that's something that, you know, the NCAA is going to have to address. But and I, I would expect the Tennessee coaching staff to have to be on the road a pretty good bit this summer and right. fall leading into um, into camp. So, you know, we'll see what happens. But it does sound like, you know, the majority of colleges around the southeast right now are planning to hold uh, on-campus instruction in the fall, which is likely good for a football season. We'll see what happens out west there. They're not as keen on it, but, you know, at the end of the day, it, it does seem like football is going to be played this fall. So it, it's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be hard to track, and it's, it's you know, sad for some of these kids. They really blow up during this time. I mean, I go back to Laneith Whitehead. I just ran an interview with him earlier this morning that we did via Zoom, and we kind of talked about everything with his roller coaster recruitment, but he blew up coming out of the opening in May. I, I left the opening and he had like four or five offers. And when I got the two hour ride home, he had like 15. Jesus. So, yeah, I mean, when, when somebody sees something and the right coach sees something and one comes, they all come. So it was like Oklahoma, Texas, Georgia, Tennessee, all those schools that were, you know, in the race for him at one point, all offered within like a, a 48 hour span coming out of one camp. So, you know, kids can blow up, kids get a lot of chances and you now get to continue to refine their game. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see how things are adapted whenever so, life goes back to whatever normal may be. Right. Um, so Matt, we just got one more question. I know you got a photo shoot to do for uh, sports illustrated. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. Are you, are you doing the swimsuit edition? <laughs> Not this year. I didn't oh, okay. make the cut. Got to gotcha. drop a few pounds. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. I'm with you there. Um, so 2022, I know that's a little bit far off, but we're talking about quarterbacks who usually come off the board a little bit earlier than most anyway. Um, who Who's Tennessee's top quarterback? Is it Ty Simpson out of uh, Martin, Tennessee? Is it Caden Martin out of Knoxville Catholic? Is it Braden Davis, um, the son of Anton Davis up in Delaware? Hey, right now it's it's definitely Ty Simpson. That's a guy that this staff's prioritizing. He's hearing a lot from him. He's he's very receptive. And like you guys said, t- quarterbacks tend to come off the board pretty early. And he's not against committing early and finding a a fit. But he's you know he's in it for the long haul. Whatever he needs to do. His his dad is the coach at Tennessee Martin. So you know he has he has that unique aspect of it. You know he has a head coach coaching him on the recruiting trail. And not just a high school head coach, a college head coach. So, um, you know, it's, that's a unique aspect. I, I think Caden Martin could play his way into the class, you know, depending on 
what happens with that one-time transfer rule if Tennessee has guys leave, if by chance JT Daniels were to choose Tennessee over all of the other suitors. What? How does that shake out the quarterback room? Who's still here at the end of the day? Will Tennessee take two guys? If so, you, you know that Caden Martin, if he was to commit, it seems more likely that he would probably stay committed as long as his dad was the coach and everything's going the same way. And he's a baseball star as well. So that's a uh, a unique opportunity he has at Tennessee. So I, I, for me, I think right now it's probably those two guys, but you can't discount Braden Davis. You can't discount another in-state prospect in Tevin Carter out of Memphis. And there's, there's a lot of guys. I think Tennessee feels good about recruiting at the position right now, and they haven't got involved with a whole lot of guys there. Um, another guy that's pretty close by was at one point the number two player in the country, depending on what rankings you were looking at, the number one quarterback, Gunnar Stockton. But the Vols haven't even extended an offer there yet that I'm aware of um, that's public anywhere. So, you know, I think Tennessee probably feels good about where they stand with quarterbacks in the 22 class. Awesome. Well, Matt, it was great having you on. Um, we'll definitely keep an eye out for you at Food City when we're checking out the magazines. Um, but we really appreciate you coming on. We'll, we'll have everybody go and, and check you guys out and uh, and uh, wish you the best, and hopefully you're staying safe through all this. Absolutely, guys. Always enjoy coming on with you and wish you and your families the best and safeness during this time. Thanks, Matt. You too, man. That was Matt Ray with – Ball recruiting reports. Um, start with some uh, Sports Illustrated. That's that's yeah, big time. That is excited for him. Excited for his uh, his group getting the opportunity to kind of expand their work. They do a great job. If you don't follow them on Twitter, Vol Recruiting Reports. It's uh, it's at VR two. Yep. Um, I believe is the exact at. You can you can find it on our page, uh, and then you're also gonna be able to find them. Um, I need to check out their website, but if you go on their Twitter, you can find it all. Because I was actually reading the article. Um, um, who was it about this morning? Lenith Whitehead? No, it wasn't Lenith Whitehead's. It was, uh, oh, who was it? Mm, he we even talked about it in the interview. Can't think of the name right now. Um, but great stuff right there. Yeah, you can get on their Twitter. Terrence Lewis. Terrence Lewis. That was yeah. exactly what it was. Um, great article, great stuff, great content. Matt does a fantastic job. Uh, we appreciate him hopping on to talk a little bit about recruiting during this exciting time. I know it sounds crazy, but exciting time for recruiting. Yeah, and, and he, he was talking about Caden Martin and how he's a baseball player. I saw today where he's a top baseball player in his class in Tennessee. Yep, number so, one. I don't know, does he play baseball? He might. He might. I mean, if just have, have him go to the Vitello. Right. That's fine with me. <laughs> Either way. Either way. Come to the hill. Yeah. Either way. Get him on campus. Flipping to our 98 rewatch. Playing UAB, homecoming. Number two moved up one uh, one spot in the rankings. Uh, so we're, we're number number two in the country now, facing off a not-so-good two-and-six UAB team led by Watson Brown, who is the brother of Mac Brown. And played quarterback at Vanderbilt. Played quarterback at Vanderbilt and with Mac at one point. Yeah, and I think he actually, in a game against Tennessee, got knocked unconscious. Mm, welcome to the show. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I think it was a tie game then, and he got knocked unconscious. He woke up, and uh, Tennessee won by double digits. Sounds about like a Vanderbilt. <laughs> yeah. um, I do. I feel like we don't do a good job of bringing it back to 1998. Okay. So let's bring it back to 1998. Okay. Speaking of Mac Brown, he's 7-2 and two in his first year at Texas. 
with Ricky Williams at oh. running back. So speaking of Mac Brown, he's the running back, y'all. Was he at North Carolina before Texas? So he's at North Carolina, mm-hmm. and then which he's back to now. That feels like a whirlwind. Yeah, back at going circles. You're right. So we're so we're we're back. This is uh this is week ten. Here's your top ten. Number one, Ohio State. Number two, Tennessee. Number three, UCLA. Number four, Kansas State. Number five, Florida. I'm not going to give you the full top ten. I was just going to give you the top five. But I have extra number six written in because it's Florida State. So you'll see them move up the rankings in the next couple Where's weeks. Where's Arkansas? I'm not sure in that. I think I've actually still got that that tab. Because next week is, is the, it's the showdown. I think they're premium under, matchup. They might be number six when we play. Number seven? Yeah, it was something. It was something. It was, a top top, it was a top ten matchup. Yeah, we know right. that. Um, I'll have that pulled up in just a second. Uh, you'll like this one. Since I haven't been doing this, we'll go back to October just a little bit. Um, in 1998 in October, the New York Yankees just swept the Padres for a World yeah. Series. Yeah, I knew you'd like this one. That's why I threw it in there. They also have the most – they finished with 125 wins. Um, that's the most wins by any baseball team in the last 123 – 123 years, and I couldn't find evidence of that being broken. So you damn still right. Still hold it. <laughs> um, I knew you'd like that one. Thought I threw it in. Also, Mon- that. Monica Lewinsky scandal. Is know, your <laughs> know your audience. Know your audience. Know your co-host. <laughs> exactly. Um, then the Monica Lewinsky scandal is kind of breaking. Bill um, uh, Bill Clinton is about to start going through his uh, impeachment. So good for him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, we can talk about that more. Is the like I said, I'm trying to set the mood. I'm trying to get us back in the 1998. I mean, can you just say like, congrats on the sex? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Whoa. Alleged. Oh, alleged. <laughs> alleged. Um, to set the mood some more, the Colts. I'm going to mention the Colts because they were being quarterbacked by Peyton Manning at this time. Uh, they lost 14 to 27 to the Dolphins. That would be tomorrow in our time. So I believe this game is November 6th, 7th. That would be November 8th. Our thing, yeah. We're going way back because the Dolphins are winning football games. Exactly. <laughs> and then I've got the Tennessee Oilers. Oh. Beating the Bucks on the road. If they're playing at home, which I'm sure they will be in some of these weeks, they'll be playing in Vanderbilt Stadium. They don't have a home yet. They don't have LP Field yet. Ugh. <laughs> so, I know they just not play. Right. So you asked what Arkansas was ranked this week. They're ranked... Uh, Got to count. They're 11th now. They'll okay. be number 10 coming into Neyland. Gotcha. Because, so Tennessee was three coming into this week. Or, or last com- week. Yeah, last week. Mm-hmm. And UCLA played Stanford. They only won 28-24, to 24, and that's why Tennessee jumped them in the rankings. And that's one thing I wanted to talk about. We're talking about setting the mood, really. Okay. Did you notice Tim Priest all game? You can tell how big of a fan he is. He's talking about the computer all game. Yeah. We got to win by X amount of numbers to mm-hmm. impress the computer. Do you remember those days? Why? Yeah, and then and then Steve Johnson mentions it, you know, at the first of the broadcast, and he's like, "It sucks that we have this ranking because of a freaking computer." Yeah, yeah. So he's all about it. Um, I actually have the BCS update. It's it's they update it in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I'll go ahead and get there. I guess while we're talking about setting the mood during the fourth quarter, Tim Priest gets pretty excited as well as you can hear the crowd get excited because they make the announcement that Ohio State is losing to uh, Michigan State. Yep. Uh, by one, is that right? Was I reading the right week? I don't think I they was. Lose. They end up losing. They by end up losing by three. I think four. Four. I think yes. it was twenty-eight, twenty-four. Yeah, so the they same. were they were leading. Michigan State was leading Ohio State twenty-five to twenty-four. Then the final, so they kick a field goal at some point, twenty-eight to twenty-four. So I had the wrong. Yeah, I was looking at the wrong week. So Arkansas, Arkansas was number nine when we played them. Okay, and number ten this week. Gotcha. Um, so. 
they'll move. Yeah, so that'll help move us to number two. Or to number one. Sorry. Yeah, we'll, we'll move up to number one. To yep. number one. That'll help us move to number one, and we'll hold that number one ranking. Um, but in the fourth quarter before Ohio State lost, I don't remember how the BCS like worked. Like the numbers. I remember the computer. I remember yeah, the computer generated it. But I don't remember how the numbers work. Um, but Ohio State had 3.71. Tennessee had 5.70. Uh, UCLA had 6.62. And I went ahead and skipped to FSU because they would be playing in the final. They had a score at this point of a 12.27. They lost like their first game of the season, yeah, right? yeah, and then didn't lose again, right? So, um, yeah, the you could tell Tim Priest is a little on edge about it. He is talking about the whole game, mm-hmm. talking about got to win because we're a forty-two point favorite. Yeah, and he's um, like, we got to win by forty-two. Got to score. Got to score again. We don't quite thirty-seven, thirteen. Not a bad victory, and you took care of business. I think they're touched. They're their no, they touchdowns. Yeah, their, their touchdown was late in the fourth quarter. It was late in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I meant to do this, too, before we got into the game. I'm sorry. So we talked about T's NCAA record last week, right? Yep. That he set. Uh, I believe we discussed how he no longer held it for the NCAA. Did we talk about this? No. We we didn't know if he held it or okay. not. So he no longer holds it. Okay. He no longer holds it. The record now is actually 36 by Dominic Davis from ECU. Or, yeah, for ECU. He did it against Navy and Memphis. I think Memphis was the first game. In, or Navy was the... First game he played in that to complete the 36, and Memphis was the second game. Um, he completed the most in one game. I believe that was against Memphis, 26. I think, t- so 23 was. 23 was consecutive, became 26. 36 was the most consecutive completed over. Jesus yeah. Christ. Um, and then completion percentage in one game, he had 95.8. This is incredible. I need to read off these stats because this is incredible. So he set the record for completion, completion percentage in a game, mm-hmm. 95.8. That was broken by Grayson Lambert. He had 96% against USC in 15. Kyle Allen had, uh, I have terrible handwriting. I believe that's 99, no, 93.9%. Okay, so he's still, I guess he's still in second. Oh, that I have it written down based on how many completions they had. Okay. So Grayson Allen had at least 20 because I think T only had like 24. Consecutive? 23. He had 23 in that game. Yes. He had 23. Right. Uh, so Kyle Allen had 30, he threw 30 attempts and completed 93% of those. And then Seth Dagey, I believe is how you say say his name. He played for eight, or Texas Tech. Uh, had ninety ninety point nine percent completions over, and he had over forty attempts. Jesus, yeah, that's insane. So he actually broke Cliff Kingsbury's school record on that. Oh, yeah. So take that, right, Cliff, in your uh, eighty five million dollar home. Eighty <laughs> five. <laughs> I don't know. Um, we go to pay per view though. This game's on pay per view again. Yeah. Again, I think pay-per-view might be the best because the stadium shots are so much better on pay-per-view. And I don't you, know why. And you like, have a Tennessee fan calling the game. <laughs> and you have a Tennessee, yeah. Because <laughs> last week we had not quite pay-per-view, but Raycom. Might as well be. Right. Ja- Jefferson Jefferson's, Pilot. Yeah, Jeff- uh, it's, yeah, run by Raycom. And then who with Bob Kessling on the call. Now we get Tim Priest on the call for pay-per-view. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Did yeah. you see the old Smokey running out of the team? That's one thing. I was like, Smokey Absolute. looks... Creeped you out? Terrifying. Yeah. I'm glad we uh, went away from that a long, long time ago. Yeah. I don't know why. I'm glad we don't bring it back for homecoming anymore. Because that thing was... That's something you bury in your history, right? Right. Like, you're not proud of that. No. <laughs> like, how how are kids... Like, how did you bring that around children? Right. That was creepy. Yeah. Um, Tennessee def- Tennessee's defense played well again, um, as, as they have basically every game. Um, Tennessee's defense gave up 33 points to Syracuse um, coming into this game, only giving them 11.3. And and 
the game after Syracuse. Or the games after Syracuse. Right. And then, so solid. Yeah. And a lot of good opponents in that. It wasn't just no, like yeah, it wasn't Jewish, more much no. UAB's right. week to week. And uh UAB's offense probably tested the mind more than anything. But because it was pretty much just a glorified high school offense, just line up in a bunch of different formations. Yeah. Hope they get confused and then run right or left. Yeah, it was just a bunch of. I don't even know what you triple option wish. It was like thing. random veer triple option. Then they'd go to the spread, but still run. Like it was weird. Well, on third and long, they'd have um, they'd have quads to right in a diamond formation. Yeah. and go under center. I'm like, right. you would never see that ever. No, you it, wouldn't see a diamond and. If if you did see the small slim chance you would see a diamond formation, the quarterback would not be under center. Correct, <laughs> correct. That's absolutely correct. Um, their quarterback was not very good. Daniel Dixon had at this point thrown four interceptions and zero touchdowns on the year. So, Gosh. yeah. Also, uh, another, he took a beating. Yes, he did. Let me mention uh, a couple UAB players because they had some. We have one interesting story. UAB's punter. The first time he steps on the field, it is mentioned that, uh, or maybe it was the kickoff in the second half. They mentioned that last, not last week, but previous weeks, he was not on the team. He was driving the equipment truck and I guess got promoted to punter. So He's like, hey, I can punt. I guess. <laughs> those, some of those smaller Division One programs can get interesting in how they find players on the field. That's like Scotty Pippen. Right. Right. And then uh, Brian Thomas, who was a first-round draft pick for the Jets, is playing. I don't know how much he played for UAB at the time. Mm. I think he was just a freshman, maybe a sophomore. Okay. Um, but, yeah. So UAB has a first round draft pick at defensive line on this oh, on this roster. They had some they had some meet up front. Yeah, yeah. So that that's a couple of their players. Um, yeah, the the offensive line though UAB did not call or not confuse Tennessee's defense at all. Yeah, I think with with Tennessee with then this whole season with them having such a great offensive line, you can basically do anything. Yeah, like you have so many options. You can. I love if, how if you want T to have a big game, you can let T have a big <laughs> game. If you want Travis Henry or Travis Stevens to have a big game, you can let them run as well. I love how big, um, big. Is that what I was to say? A big. Is he tough though? That's what I need to know. Yeah, tough, <laughs> real tough. I love how big our offensive line is and dominating. But I also love how dominating we are in play action. Oh, dude, it's beautiful. Love how dominating we are in play action. Absolutely. That'd be awesome. Um, if we can get back to that, which we kind of did a few games this year, so hopefully it just becomes um, a common thing. That that would be nice. We'll see. That looks like the plan. It looks like we're try- what we're trying to accomplish yeah. is to dominate the offensive line. Especially in 98 we did. Jeez. 98, that's that's all we did. Uh, they also, during the game, they announced that Arkansas beat Ole Miss 34 to nothing. Mm. So Ole Miss, not great. <laughs> no, Ole Miss is not great. And then the next week, you obviously see that Arkansas team that won. Yeah. 106,508 people there was the announcement. For a homecoming game, um, I don't think it was rainy, but it looked kind of rainy. Well, there was a – it was like a John Ward it was tribute. Also a John Ward too. tribute. I did, min- I did mean to mention that. Al Gore was in town. I don't know if he came to the game, but he was in Thompson Bowling Arena before the game. Oh, what was he doing? He, I guess he's friends with John Ward. I don't know. He was there for the John Ward tribute. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's what, at least that's what Tim Priest said. I like that they had some calls where they let John Ward. I was about to say, they tuned into Vol Network. It was yeah. awesome. So yeah, you were like really watching cool. and getting John. It was a little uh, little bit of both. That was nice. I would like them to, to do that with Bertle Camp. Yeah. And, and basketball. That'd be cool. <laughs> a little money. Some money calls. Money. Uh, I, I, you say that, but I don't want to hear any. 
I don't want to see any basketball games on pay-per-view. I don't need a Wednesday night pay-per-view game. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, SEC, just turn into, tune into uh, Burrow Camp. Then you, you got to listen to Bob, though. You don't want to do that? It's a dangerous game you're playing. That's... <sighs> dangerous game you're playing. That's true, but... I think Burrow Camp's worth it. Yeah. I, I, that's, I'm just that's, testing that's, you. Yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I'm thinking. The money, think, if you get to hear a money call. Right. If you're losing, I guess right. it's not that great, but... Absolutely. Uh, we get another uh, Bernie VC siding. Yeah. He, he gets a couple snaps. Didn't uh, throw the ball, but he's two for two on the year. Right. For like 46 yards and a touchdown. Did he have a touchdown this season? Yeah, he did in the... His, uh, his first pass. Yeah. To was, a tight end, to a big tight end. Who was it? Uh, something, some... I mean, like a 300-pound tight end. <laughs> yeah, he wore, he wore like 96. <laughs> Rightfully so. Yeah. Uh, I, so, I went and did some Google research on Bernie VC. Because I was like, I feel like there's not a, like, I don't know anything about this guy. Like, I want to know who this is. Which apparently he changed positions. You mentioned that. Mm-hmm. Um, how he probably went, from what you could tell, was not a quarterback the whole time. Uh, he was at Tennessee. Uh, I saw on, I think it was like fallnation.com. I don't know. It was some board. Some guy posted that he was at the time, at, during 1998, he was a high school math teacher. And every time he would complete a problem, he'd turn to his class and say, easy, sleazy, Bernie VC. And I was like, I like that. Oh. That's, that's Anytime I can, like I'm gonna I'm gonna finish putting you know like I'm, if I'm uh, you know putting a screw putting something together I'm put a screw in as soon as it easy easy peasy Bernie VC. I mean like the the cockiest people I've ever met have been math teachers. Yeah, that's a hundred percent accurate. <laughs> so I mean you make a whole saying about yourself. You, I mean you fit the bill as a as a math teacher. Bernie VC didn't say that. Oh, Bernie. he, he might have. Oh. But the math teacher just started saying it. Like, he would complete a problem, turn to the class, and be like... Oh, so Bernie Beasy is not a math teacher. No. no <laughs> okay, no. okay, okay. The guy who posted this on, like... It was, like, oh, okay. a post from, like, 2004. I was, I was just, like... Say. I had, like, Google Bernie Beasy, like, trying to figure out... Like, trying to find out about him. And uh, someone had posted that... Because his name obviously came up in that search. Well, I'm sorry, math teachers, that I threw you under the bus. <laughs> they are cocky, though. <laughs> I mean, that's absolutely true, I feel like. Uh, if you disagree, you can let me know, but your argument's probably gonna make you sound cocky so. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> um, just set you up for failure yeah so tennessee takes care of uab easily now on to eight no eight no baby and we'll be number one in the nation after ohio state's absolute choke job against michigan state so good homecoming send uab back home that's it yeah it's 98 baby feels like 98 you know, yeah we're getting a lot of um, they mention a lot of the second team guys getting reps. That's something mm-hmm. we haven't had a lot because we haven't really blown anybody out. Right. Um, and it felt like the defense second team felt like they got a lot of field. got to see a lot of the field in the second half. Like yeah. they didn't wait until garbage time to put them in. Right. I don't think Al Wilson played the entire fourth quarter. Right. Um, but Fulmer was definitely upset with some of the plays that he was giving up while that second team was in the past two weeks. Yeah. South Carolina as well. They yes. Didn't. That's how they scored two touchdowns was against that second team. So, right. And that they scored a touchdown against Tennessee um, in this game as well. So, But, I mean, that that's big to to develop guys. You know, game experience is the best way to to learn the game of football. Right. Um, you know, going, going full speed in a in a in that kind of environment, that's that's how you get better. Yeah, it helps you. It allows you to build depth. Um, and then it also kind of. It also helps you kind of keep morale high too. When guy, when a bunch of guys are getting to see the field, you're, you're 
you're building a lot more morale between the team. It's not just the guys who are playing most of the time. So. Yeah, it's like, hey, I might be second team. I'm going to play the whole second half. So. Right. right. <laughs> yeah, you probably lost a lot less players then because of that. Yeah. And just because okay. you're winning too. Yeah, and, and you don't you don't see a lot you didn't see a lot of transfers back then either. Right. right. Especially not as much as you do now. Transfer yeah. transfer portal wasn't a thing. <laughs> right. Um Arkansas next week. We I'm excited. Have, it, th- this game should have been a lot worse. We had like three turnovers. Um I think Travis Stevens fumbled twice. So we should have we should have blew them out a lot. Should have been a lot worse. Yeah. But, I think we should have covered. But you move like, up. You move up to number one. I think Tim Preseason mentions you should have covered the spread, and I agree, Tim. Yep, I agree. Because that offense was atrocious. That offense was. Oh, excuse me. Oh, one of the worst college offenses I've ever. Watched. And that was one of the longest games that we. I was saw. about to say it did feel long. It was two. The first half felt really long. Two hours and forty-five minutes was the broadcast. Right, and it, the broadcast did run like ten minutes longer than normal in the end. So two four two three. Right. Yeah. But yeah, it was it, that offense was awful. So was not was not necessarily fun to watch that all the time, mm-hmm. unless we were making plays. Got Peerless Prosco and he had a over hundred yards. So you found you found a box score for this game too. Yeah, nice. Why don't you uh, tell us the stats? So uh, T Martin check the was, stats. Check the stats. Um, T Martin had eight. He was eighteen for twenty five with two hundred seventy four yards, a touchdown, um, efficient again. Yep. Uh, Travis Henry led the Vols in rushing with 17 attempts, 104 yards, and a touchdown. Stevens had 61 yards on 14 attempts and a touchdown, and T. Martin also had a rushing touchdown. Cedric Wilson um, had four receptions, 70 yards, and a touchdown. Peerless Price had six receptions for 103 yards. Copeland had four receptions for 60 yards. Sean Bryson had three receptions, 36 yards. Did you see the play where... Um, he tries to hit Sean Bryson on the on the sidelines just to go out. He was butt naked. Yeah, and just hits off his fingertips. That'd have been a long touchdown. Um, Jeff Hall was three for three. The long of thirty nine doesn't miss. Automatic. Love it. Al Wilson and Raynock Thompson led the balls and tackles with eight. Westmoreland had six. Uh, Walker had six. I mean, just a dominant performance by um, that volunteer defense. Westmoreland had two uh, tackles for loss as well. Led the team with that. And Sean or Sean Ellis had a – we had two fumble recovery. Uh, Sean Ellis had one and Steve Johnson had one. Sean Ellis took his 65 yards back. Um, got yep. tackled um, yep. before he couldn't make it all the way for, to the end zone. For like a minute, it looked Auburn. like he might – it was a long run. It would have been yeah. a long run. Right. But and he, he was weaving in and out. I mean, for a minute, looked it looked like he had a chance. He, you kind of assumed he was going to run out of steam. He but. did the nice little cutback move. Yep. I liked it. Yep. Yeah, you should have gave him the ball on the um, on the goal line. Yeah, he's a, that's he a heavy over. package, man. Yeah. Fridge, fridge Dude. package. Give it to him. God, he. I felt so bad for Dixon because not only like are you get, you're going to get hit every play because it's Tennessee and. Their defense is just good. They're coming after you every play. Right. But then you run the option. Like, you're definitely getting hit every play. Yeah. By Hard. Yeah, by Hard. a great defense. And there was one play where he lets a he pitches a ball and Al Wilson just like like the top of his helmet hits right into his face mask. And Tim Brees is like, yep, totally legal. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, then. Uh, if only. Because they do, you know, 
See, you ain't no South Carolina. I was about to say. I feel like I remember quarterback getting hit late. That was South Carolina. It's all running together now. Are we watching it too fast? We might. <laughs> nah, we're fine. Yeah, we're fine. Uh, anything else for the UAB game you want to add? That's all. That's all I got. It was a fun game. Take care of business, baby. Let's, yeah. let's get on to Arkansas. It's always great when you know you're going to win. Right. Right. Um, what, what are we getting into next? The last dance? Yeah, let's. We can talk about the last dance. Um, episodes three and four, I think. Oh, oh, before we get into that, I got I got some news. So we mentioned Daniel Batuli with the Rams. Okay. Also, Jawan Jennings um, is wearing number okay. eighty-one for the 49ers. Yep. Same as Terrell Owens. If you need one, let Landon know. Yeah, I can get it. I got you. It's a little slower than. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to know why. Right. <laughs> But yeah, yeah same as T. Ho. That's that's big. Also, Jalen Hurd is coming back from injury. Yeah. He said he's can see a matchup there. He's back. Um, what do you think that conversation's like between him and Jalen Hurd? Like the I first know, the first initial conversation. You know they have to talk. I don't know if they have it. I think they. I don't think they see each other until they're in the locker room on the field. I don't think there was a congratulation text sent. I'll say. That. Oh no, I, I'm saying like first day of. OTAs or whatever. I can't imagine it'll be outside of football. Hmm. Maybe I'm wrong, but I can't imagine it won't have to do with football. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to be a fly on the wall. It'd be fun. Yeah, no, just a fly on the wall. I don't want to yeah. be there. Just a fly <laughs> no, on the wall. Yeah. I don't want to I don't wanna be involved. Right. Don't want to be involved. Um, that's exciting, though. It's exciting for Daniel Bertulli, obviously, and then um, Jawan Jennings getting a number. That's big time. Yeah. Did you also see what Kirby Smart his comments on the Paul Feinbaum show were? No. He was like, you wouldn't believe what some coaches are saying to these recruits outside of our conference. He was basically mentioning Dabo Sweeney was saying that, why would you want to go to the SEC and get beat up? I mean, if I, I'm going to tell you right now, if I'm outside the SEC, I'm going to say that. Yeah, exactly. You got to. And you know what I am going to say inside, inside the SEC? I'm going to be like, look at them. No one trusts them when they go to Clemson. No, they suck. Yeah. No one trusts them in the NFL. They haven't played the schedule you played. You can do both. Like, there's two sides of it. Right. I, I just don't get, like, why are you whining about right. it? Right. Like, yeah, that's like what I'm saying. You, you do the exact same thing, but opposite. Right. When they're talking about, like, when it's a Clemson-Georgia battle, you're saying, you know, why would you want to go play in a weak conference? You can't compete there. It's a cupcake. Yeah. And then, I just don't get it. Like, I don't get Kirby Smart. Like, what is, why go on there and say, just keep your mouth shut. Yeah, you, you don't have to talk. You don't have to say that. I just don't get it. Don't Does get Kirby it. Smart have a bowl cut or Bama Banks? Because I think I've always associated him with Bama Banks. I don't know. He's got like the... He may have a bowl cut. Like, dude, why do you still... He wears a visor all the time. Comb your hair over. Like, Kirby! Dude, we're not in the freaking... This isn't 2000. That's not a bowl cut. That's Bama Banks, if anything. It's not quite Bama Banks. Like, you got a little boy haircut from Great Clips. <laughs> he definitely went to Great Clips. The $7 <laughs> one, too. Yeah. The $7 one, for $6. sure. $6.99. Then he has to go to another barber to actually fix it after Great Clips screws it up. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. Let's talk about the last dance. Uh, we did. I, just, I did just see a question um, about the uh, NCAA athletes getting compensated. We're about to talk about that. Stay on. Um, once we get done with the last dance, we're going to start discussing that. But the last dance, uh, I know we've briefly discussed kind of episode one and two on here. Um, but we're now on to episode three and four. Episodes five and six are on this Sunday on ESPN. 
Um, if you haven't watched any of the last dance, you can get on ESPN and watch them all. I didn't watch them on Sunday this week. I think I watched them Monday night. Um, but they're available on ESPN? ESPN, yeah. And they're available like HBO like immediately like at, is it non? Okay. So. Cool. Um, yeah, and these episodes are just, I mean, you knew how crazy Dennis Rodman was, but you didn't know how crazy Dennis no, Rodman you was. Yeah, no clue. I mean, you had a good idea. He went to North Korea, but you still didn't know. Right. Yeah. Madonna, I mean, does she deserve all the credit for that? Yeah, oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> Jeez. Or, I mean, or I guess she could blame the Pistons, right? Yeah, maybe. I mean, good Lord. Just like, okay, Dennis Rodman's crazy, but the person who made him, or I guess not made him, but pushed him into this is Madonna, so she has to be ten times crazier than he is. Right? Oh, Madonna. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Because he could test. Like, he clearly just took it and run. Ran. Yeah. He was just waiting for that, I guess. She was just giving him some life advice. Like, hey, brother, be happy. And he was be like, you. okay. He's like, oh, yeah. I know how to be happy. And he was that happy. Was very strange. So, I mean, when do we just need to take a 40-hour or 48-hour vacation? Do what now? When do we just need to take a forty-eight hour vacation? Uh, I can't Vegas. take I can't take a forty-eight hour vacation. I'm like Robin, and it turns into what was it, like eighty-six hours. Long. <laughs> yeah. He's like missing for eighty-six hours, and Michael Jordan didn't say what city he had to go to to get him. I, that makes me think it wasn't even Vegas. That makes me think he like started in Vegas and ended in God knows where. Well, I saw something today during the NBA Finals. He goes. After a game, he goes to um, Vegas, comes back to Utah. Yeah. So they're in Vegas for eight hours. Didn't even sleep. Goes back to Utah for the early morning shoot-around. They get the day off after. Goes back. So he knew a millionaire. He, like, flew with the millionaire to there. Comes back for that. Flies commercial because the millionaire's not going to fly him back. And goes commercial and goes back to Vegas. That's insane. Dude's wild. I've and, heard some stories about it's. It's like, and for him not to miss a beat, right? That's. Inc- I mean, well, that obviously the athletes who put in the time and effort to become these incredible athletes are are special, but it is so impressive, and they don't last long. No, they don't last long. And I don't know how old was it, Robin, when he retired. How long did he last? Because he probably lasted longer than some of these guys. Huh? But like, when you see guys like Johnny Menzel. Like, when you consider that Johnny Manziel was probably hungover, potentially high every time he played football, that's incredible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In, it doesn't matter how far he made it. He won a Heisman. Like, that's incredible. Dennis Rodman also got drafted out of, like, community college. Yeah. No, he... Was it a community college? It was... It was a small school. I thought it was, like, East. Southeast Oklahoma State. Yeah. Was that, was Southeastern that Oklahoma State, yeah. Okay. I know it was a really small school, but it's insane when people do at that level do it. So, how long did he play in the league, though? So, he played a lot over... Oh, he, like, went to two. other so, countries or what? So, 86 to 2000. So, he played about 14 okay. years so in that's, the NBA. That's pretty impressive. That's a pretty impressive streak. But, um, yeah, so he definitely did it longer than most. But when you talk, you look at all these guys that party how they do, like... Which I don't think Grant parties during the season, does he? Probably. Probably. <laughs> Yeah, he probably doesn't stop partying. Yeah. Yeah, there's some of these guys that just, it's amazing what they do. Yep. At the level they do it at and what they do to their bodies. So Also, the um, the Bulls finally having to weight train to uh, to last during a Piston series. 
Yeah, well, it's funny they mentioned like Jordan didn't even really weight train until after. Yeah. So I guess we don't really understand that part of it that he kind of took over because I talked about last week how LeBron's gone. He he's gone through like two, three significant changes to his body or his style of basketball. Jordan at least went through one mm-hmm. to change his style because the Pistons literally just beat the shit out of you. Yeah, like they didn't really. Well, they played basketball, but they were like. They took on, like, I don't understand how they didn't foul out. Because they took on the pickup mantra, and you don't foul out and pick up, of, like, you're not going to score, or if you are going to score, it's going to be incredibly difficult to score. Yeah, you think they just kept throwing, like, big, strong post players in there to I just guess. foul them? Like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. That's... Also, yeah. Dude, Isaiah Thomas's excuse for walking off the floor. Dude, you're a whiny. didn't do that. You're a whiny baby. You got beat. I don't care what Larry Bird did before. I don't care. He beat you. Shake his hand and leave. Yeah. It's that simple. I, I really did like how Jordan was like, he didn't shake my hand. He's like, we lost the last few years. I shook their hand. Yeah. you. Sh- they should have shook your hand. It's it's not that hard. No, it's stupid. Which I don't know how and, bad. And they were like planning on this. We're not shaking their hand. We're not shaking their hand. Like it's one thing to just do in the moment, but yeah. it's one thing to... Actually, like planet, and like, they had so to lame. they had to walk across the court, didn't they, to get to their yeah, locker room? They walked right past them. I don't know how, like, I don't know how the Celtics did it. It's one thing too to probably like sneak off behind your bench. Yeah, regardless, I think you shake hands at the end of a contest, like period. But it's one thing to like sneak behind your bench and to walk across the court while they're shooting free throws, right, to get off the court. Yep, shake people's hands, guys. Come on, we play sports. Sports can play together. It's like the first thing, like you weren't learning upward basketball. Come on, right, Isaiah Thomas. I feel like shaking hands at the end of the at the end of the game is why you try to kill each other during it. Because yeah. you're like, at the end of the day, we're, we're gonna be friends. Did you see <laughs> Isaiah Thomas? That's in the league now. No, what did he say? He was like, "We all stop at me." He was like, <laughs> "It wasn't me. <laughs> it, it wasn't me, guys." <laughs> it's like I'm I'm still playing. <laughs> He's like, I would have shaken their hand. <laughs> That's awesome. I did not see that. NCAA players getting compensated. Looks like it's going to be passed. They're going to allow for them to uh, profit off their likeness. Um, I think this is the step in the right direction. I'm sure um, Scott Van Pelt's not happy. Uh, he wants. He thinks there's money. And I think there's money to pay him. I don't disagree. I think it's going to take a lot more change. And it's, that's something that would have to be implemented over years and years. Also, I think it's something that you would lose smaller schools too. And that's unfortunate. So I think it's something that would have to definitely be um, carefully considered. Uh, I don't know what the steps in civil aid are taking to potentially make that happen in the next. I mean, I think that's like a five to 10 year process of making that happen. If you're going to include everybody, um, it's just not possible the way in a perfect world. I mean, it had to be perfect to make it happen, but I think this is the right step. It allows players to profit off of their name and likeness. They can sign, I, I guess get paid, for um, doing media for for people, doing ads, I guess they can also like they're, guys who do their own businesses can right there. Yeah, that's gonna kind of allow that because they can identify themselves by their sport and school. Um, now they won't be able to use like logos from the school. I don't know what that means. I'm sure they'll still be allowed to wear like gear and stuff for any shoot or whatever. Um, but they just can't be paid directly by the university or college. Are they gonna wear like the the Hulu? The, yeah, maybe the, the green that'll be what stuff. it is. Yeah. Um, they also won't be allowed to be paid by boosters, so boosters can't do it. So I think there's gonna be a little uh, overhaul 
and that won't be something they can do immediately, but there's going to be an overhaul to the um, booster situation at big colleges because they're going to use this as a recruiting tool. Um, it's it's You're going to be able to get guys now because we know the guy who owns Dish Network. Your face can be all over Dish Network, but right now the guy who owns it's a big booster, so uh, you're not going to be a national name right now until they can figure that out. So I think yep. it's going to be used as a recruiting tool, but it's going to take some time. I don't know how that'll work. I do know boosters cannot be cannot do the be the ones paying you right now because that yeah, would be business school. Exactly. <laughs> no, you still can't pay for people to move. That's not allowed. Right. It's not allowed. So yeah, I think this is this is a long time coming. It's um, a good move. I don't. I'm not saying this is the final move or should be the final move, but it's a good step forward. Yeah, so. and I think it's a step, and 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 I don't I don't know how it relates to getting NCAA football back or college video I, games. I don't think it's as difficult as people are making it out to be. I think that I think it's a step toward that. It's a, definitely a step towards it. I mean, you you pay to get. You know, Madden's the same way, and then people state, well, there's more college football players than there are, um, you know, NFL football players. Well, Madden's more than just NFL players. It's also the free agents that aren't signed. Their names are on it. Their likeness is on it. That certainly doesn't add up to the college football number, but then you look at a game like MLB where you have all the minor leagues. That certainly adds up to it. Or FIFA, who has all the small leagues, that probably adds up to it, if not more. And that works. So, And then if you don't want to be on the game, if you don't want your face on a video game, so be it. If you're going to be a, um, you know, a walk-on defensive lineman who doesn't want his name in the game, fine. You yeah. don't get your name in the game. That's stupid, but yeah. <laughs> uh, that's what I'm saying. I mean, you I, have the choice. I think that's the thing that, I mean, kind of ruined it for the NCAA, but, you know, whatever. So, it's your choice now. You don't ruin it for the whole team. You don't ruin it for the whole country. It's just you. So, that's good. Um, yeah, this is the right step. I think yep. this is absolutely the right step. Yep. So. Jumbotron. Jumbotron, we talked about this. Um, I wrote down what is it? The slice of is it the slice of orange? Slice of orange? The slice. The slice. It is the slice. Okay. Yeah. It's just the slice. Okay. I think. Making sure I wrote that down correctly. So it's the yep the slice podcast. Um, so I think it's officially Tennessee football that puts it on, right? No, it's just VFL Films. So this is something we could see. Um, I says get- from Pee Wee. So it's football. So it's just Tennessee football players. Right. So I was about to say, maybe we see basketball. Maybe we do see it kind of like a spinoff. Maybe we see basketball players, women's basketball players. Um, that'd be know, cool. Maybe baseball, soccer, a spinoff mm-hmm. soon at some point. And I think that'd be really interesting. I think especially when you go to smaller sports and you talk about recruiting and stuff like that and the process that got him to Tennessee, I think that'd be very interesting to hear. Yeah, so. that'd be cool. Um, but, so we mentioned all that. Go check that out. It's put on by VFL Films. We're going to talk about the players who we would that we would like to see so far. It's just been Henry Toto and Trey Smith on there. We're going to talk about the players that we would like to see um, and tell us who you'd like to see past, present, potentially future. You've got some guys that haven't been on campus yet. Mm-hmm. Maybe you'd like to hear from, get, you know, um, see what they're all about. And I think, this, I think this is a great way to grow. We just talked about that NCAA likeness stuff. You're growing your brand. Yeah. And this is going to be another great way for these guys to grow their brands and um, I think it gives Tennessee a leg up in uh, recruiting and pitching because you're going. This is you know this is our brand, so um, this is how you'll people in households will know your name. Mm-hmm. So I think it's great. So we're talking about the slice. Um, who would you like to see on there? Number one. Number one, uh, mine is a current cornerback, and that's Alante Taylor. He's part of that Vol Leaders group. Yep. I think he would um, have a lot of interesting. Um, 
maybe stories with that. And he, he's an in-state kid. So I, I think Alante Taylor would be a good one to have on. I'm yeah. sure he will in the future. Right. But yeah. Uh, I've got one, and this is a past player, former or uh, current coach. That's T. Martin. Okay. I think get a guy like T. Martin who was here when, uh, I think, to, and I know it's for the players now, but get a guy like that on. And if you're talking about help at recruiting, talk about why he came to Tennessee. I'm sure he's pitching that when he goes. Yep. But why he went to Tennessee, what his time here in 98 was like in depth, and then how he's trying to make Tennessee better now. Um, and I think that I think that would resonate, especially for guys who – Maybe already you're sitting here saying, I want to coach one day. I think that could resonate a lot for him. And um, it also I, – I like learning about these guys. You know, you spend four four years plus um, investing in these guys. It's always nice to hear personally why they love Tennessee and or why they came back to Tennessee and stuff like that. So, yeah. T. Martin, someone I'd love to see on a podcast like that. My next one, and it, it's going to be – it'd be interesting to hear both sides, and it, it's, it's Cade Mays, um, a guy that – you know, was committed to Tennessee, local kid at Knoxville Catholic. Coaching change, Tennessee was, you know, on the on the downfall, and he goes to Georgia, um, but finds his way back to Tennessee. I feel like that'd be an interesting story, and, you know, maybe gives a little bit of depth in, in the, the whole finger. Yeah. I don't know if he can talk about that. So maybe, <laughs> maybe not. We may not learn learn too much about it. but I uh, guess get him eligible, and then we can talk yeah, about get him, it. Yeah, get him eligible first. Before we risk that. Uh, my next one, Brandon Kennedy. Yeah. I want to hear about him. I want to hear his story. Seems like a guy that's going to leave. We're going to appreciate um, how much time he committed to Rocky Top. And um, his story is a little interesting. Um, not only being a transfer from a rival, but then also sticking it out after injuries kind of seemed like maybe this wasn't going to happen. And um, now has kind of become an anchor of the yeah, offensive line. Really sucks that his like first play. Yeah. Or, or I guess first game. It was like in the first half. But yeah, he just went down yeah and that was that was kind of it yep for for that for that season but we got him another year and he's going to be a part of one of the best um lines in college football yeah and he's a big part of it too yeah um my next one would be uh Kavars crouch okay um i think he's a he's an interesting character yeah um so i think he'd be fun to have on there i'd like to see kind of his stories about recruiting and, and niedemeyer and stuff like that i think that'd be cool to to listen to. So, Kavar's Crash be my next one. Absolutely. And I'm going to go with a fan favorite. Probably cheating a little bit. It was probably a given. Juwan Jennings. Get that man on there. Yeah. Get the man on there. Let him talk about it. I think his story, though, would be really, you know, would be really great to tell. Maybe need a uh, not suitable for work, uh, you know, warning because he... Like uh, explicit. You, you never know, man. Uh, he's a dog. He's emotion. He, he's got a ton of emotion and... Uh, uh, all that, mo- or most of that for the, the Tennessee Volunteers. So. Yeah. That's all I got. Stupidity's an epidemic. Oh, stupidity. Yeah, stupidity. Um, I was thinking about it today. Dude, like, what's his name? Um, who did we, who was the interim after Butch? After Butch, it was a uh, dude from Michigan. Yeah, I can see his face. All caps. Yeah. Uh, Hoke. Brady, Brady Hoke. Hoke, yeah. Brady Hoke actually thought he had a chance to be the head coach. Like, he actually thought people Brady, wanted him to Brady be Brady Hoke might have had a chance for... If John Curry was John still Curry, yeah. So, I don't know if this, is, this isn't stupidity. I want to read off this insane stat, and we'll call it stupid just because it involves John Calipari. Will you allow it? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so this is just a crazy stat. So, John Calipari has coached in college for 26 years, and he's produced 33 first-round picks. 
and somehow Earl Barron is his only player to win an NBA title, and he had zero playoff minutes for the 06 Heat. Wow. So That's none of the fir- none like of John Calipari's first round draft picks have won the NBA have won NBA titles besides Earl Barron who didn't even play. How did none of them even get like even if they didn't even play? How did they right. how did like none Earl of them? Barron, yeah, yeah, I don't understand. It's wild. That's crazy. Wild. Um my first one is Georgia football. I'm kind of on Georgia today. Yeah, I'm you not, are a little bit on I'm Georgia. I'm not, not a fan. <laughs> um he says or, or Georgia football says a long line of quarterback greats developed here and NFL ready. Georgia's tied for the third most quarterbacks drafted since 2001. Can you read, read that? Hold on. Say, say the exact A long point. line of quarterback greats developed here in NFL ready. Georgia's tied for the third most quarterbacks drafted since 2001. That's insane. So, am I... It's Daniel Green, Quincy Carter, Aaron Murray, DJ Shockley, Matt Stafford, and Jake Fromm. That's a terrible group. Of, Matt Stafford's the best Matt one. Matt Stafford's the best one, and he's played on a terrible team. Yeah. So it's, yeah, I don't know if I'm showing those guys off. Right. You, you're developed here and ready. That's You're showing <laughs> that, that you developed them. Ugh. That's bad. Yeah, I think I'm only showing Matt Stafford off. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Don't, don't know if I do anything. You got any more? Uh, I've got one more. It is going to go to Danny Cannell, I believe. Is oh, yeah. This. And it's along the lines of compensating any uh, NCAA players. And he said, I hate to rain on everyone's parade, but those thinking college football is coming back to EA Sports are sadly mistaken. It's not. They have to pay college athletes. It's not a moneymaker. Wish I was wrong. Buddy, that mu- that game will make money anywhere, any planet, any time of the year. Anywhere doesn't matter, dude. Is Danny Cannell does just a, does he matter. just get paid to be a freaking moron? I don't know. It doesn't matter. That game makes money, just like Madden, just like few. It makes money. Plus, they're not gonna have to pay him as much as they play the NFL players. If I have to explain that to you, then you're just never gonna understand. So, <laughs> I think they pay each individual player on Madden fifteen thousand dollars. It's probably gonna be a lot less than that. And a lot of people bring brought up how there there was an NFL Players Association that negotiated that. And yes, they're not going to negotiate it with each individual NCAA football player. They're going to walk in with like three thousand dollars cash and be like, "That's your offer." Yeah, yeah we're going to put take you out of the game. So dumb. <laughs> because you know what, an NCAA player, like one player, won't sell the game, like Madden, where you want those players, almost need those players on there. Yeah, NCAA is not like that. Nope. I mean, they you just need the teams. Years. Yeah, you just need the teams. That's yeah, it. That's it. Danny Cannell, um, he's actually one of mine too because he's a freaking moron. Um, he says it's no surprise the SEC is dominating the draft and have for the past decade. They buy the best players. College football is an arms race. When you can outspend everyone else, it creates the imbalance. Big prob for ACC, Big Twelve, and Pac Twelve. Only Big Ten can come close. What? Yeah, that didn't. They dominate like it's it's the best football. It's it's physically fat. It's fact that. It, the South is the best football, and so they go to SEC schools. Yeah, it's not hard to figure out. No. It's not hard. I do want to mention um, that I'm sorry. I've been away from YouTube, guys. I apologize. I miss a lot. But Bobby mentioned that Billy Ratliff is going to have T. Martin on the – because I talked about having wanting him on the Slice podcast. He's going to be on Volunteer Roadshow soon. So uh, make sure you keep up with that because uh, Billy Ratliff's going to have T. on. That's awesome. Yeah. So make sure you pay attention, see when that's going to be, and um, I'm sure that'll be great. 
Um, so I have one more. So Mary Kate Costa. Um, she, oh man, this is tough for me to read, but, uh, so it's the, the video of Daryl Taylor saying WGW TFA. And she was like 99.9% sure we lost this game, but mm. you know, we'll roll with it. We didn't lose that game. Thankfully we almost, I felt like we were going to, it was that year, but we didn't. Come on. We didn't lose it. I do a little bit of, like it says battle of Bristol on yeah. the freaking Jersey. Come on, man. That was such a fun year. Golly, can we play some I'll Go Back by King Chesney real quick? We should. I'll Go Back. It's about it's, a, it's actually about that 2016 football season. I do. Unfortunately, I'm so young that that's like one of the best years I remember. So I'm pretty sure Kenny Chesney was actually a Virginia Tech fan for that year. Probably. He was <laughs> he had both hats in the uh in the nice suite he sat in. Yeah. So ready to yeah, go. Definitely. Um I'm only kind of kidding, Kenny. If you, if you want to come on this podcast and discuss, yeah. we welcome Yeah, you. we would love to hear what your fandom is actually about. I can tell you what his fandom is about. It's green. He only He's only loyal to That's one true. thing. And I don't I don't entirely blame him. I mean, I do because I know I'm a Tennessee guy. But, yeah. But, Kenny, if you'd like to come on, we'll let you be a Tennessee fan if you want to sit between us and talk. So, yeah. just let us know. I know you're listening to this, so just call me when you right. want to, and we'll, we'll take care of that and <clears throat> set it up. Um, we can't show him the green though. We can't compensate him whatsoever. No, cannot show you the green. <laughs> um, Landon, you got a Hound Dogs winner for us? I do. Um, let me find that. So make sure you guys go enter. You can go to volunteerroadshow.com. You can sign up for a profile. It's fast. It's easy. It's free. Sign up for it. You can get some. Uh, you can get uh, access to some of our exclusive content from our uh, team of riders and some of our other shows. Uh, so make sure you go check that out and you'll be signed up for each and every week for a drawing to get a $25 gift card to Hound Dogs. And Landon's going to tell you who our winner for tonight is. Our winner is Matthew Mills. Woo! Congrats. Congrats, Matthew. Go email, get that gift card. Yeah, so email bobbyc at volunteerroadshow.com or Billy Ratliff at volunteerroadshow.com to claim your prize within a week um, and and claim that and $25. $25, man. Do it. All you got to do is listen to us for a little bit. It's, yeah, it's not too bad. Yeah, it's not too could bad. Could be worse. <laughs> could be Danny Cannell. Could be Danny Cannell. <laughs> could be. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back Sunday night with a 98 rewatch and another full show for you guys. Hopefully talking about the next recruit that Moose has brought home. That's the plan. Maybe he'll just hop on the rack or something. I don't know. Yeah. Wherever, there's, wherever there's a seat. There's not many seats, so you better hop on now. Yeah, maybe another hat trick. What, what's what's two hat tricks? Can we get a hat trick of a hat trick? Uh, a, a hat trick of a hat trick, I think, would be nine. No? That would be Yeah, nine. it would be nine. So you get three not, hat tricks. Yeah. So what, what is that? Is that the... I think a hat. I think two hat tricks is just a double hat trick. So we want a triple hat trick. Yeah, we want a, we want a hat trick of a hat trick. Yeah. That's what we want. Yeah. By, by next... Would that be enough time? By next Wednesday? Next time we're on? Or like next... A week from now? Maybe. You got a week, Moose, to get this figured out. Like, yeah, Matthew Mills, like, you got a week to claim your prize. We got a week to get uh, six other prospects in. Here. Exactly. Um, that's all we got. We're bringing the boat in, and we out.